Y'all listening to that 20 by 20 podcast, the best of wrestling, the best of hip-hop. Check it out. Boom. This is the 20 by 20 podcast. Shout out to the nation of domination. Yeah. High in these potty streets, but we doing our thing. Tell Coco beware, bringing them birds to the ring. Attitude error, WWF on the leather. It's that 2020 podcast. I go wherever your shorty with a frog splash. She look like Sunny, but she Puerto Rican. I came through like the repo man creeping. Yo, 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 here we go, here we go. This is the 20 by 20 podcast, and we are your hosts, Nathan McFly with. It's your boy, B I N G Bing, you heard. Do, 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 do. <laughs> and, uh, damn, don't know where the fuck Woodrow at, but hopefully. Conspicuous by his absence, by his absence is a uh, young Woody Bop out here. Yeah, man, this nigga's, the nigga's like fucking Sting, bro. Where, I don't know where this nigga at. He wants, drops in from the roof. Drops hits niggas with the scorpion death drop and he's out for three weeks. <laughs> he oh, keeps it moving. Fuck. Fucking he's guy. Fucking niggas, guy. Literally we know he's listening. I don't know how, but he is. <laughs> <laughs> Word, but shout uh to Woodrow, man. Since he ain't here, I guess we're gonna have to say, you know, shout out to the Word. nation of domination. Shout out to the motherfucking hurt business. Shout out to Los Boricuas. You heard. You Let's know? Go. Shit. Good shit. What's going on, man? How's everything, brother? You know, out here in still hot as shit, Florida. Like, I'm waiting for the weather to break because I got some hoodies and shit I want to throw on. They've been saying in my drawer since fucking June. <laughs> and, uh, you know, just working, being a daddy, all that good shit, man. My daughter, eight months now, running not running around the house by herself, but crawling around the house everywhere. <laughs> everything. Dad, 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 It's wild. Dad, 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 dad. It can chicken. For real, son. They can <laughs> me out. She sees me eating it, she reaches for the bone. I just left her with a chicken leg. She was slurping going down that moment. Going in. Hell yeah, going in. Oh, man. Look yeah, my dad is just this wonderful world of wrestling. So many things going on, bro. We're everywhere, everywhere. Like, NWA is back. I haven't watched none of their shows, but I heard they've had two good main events lately with... Nigga Aldis against Bennett, and he got a. I forgot who the other one was. Ah, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mike Bennett's over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike Bennett's over there now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got New Japan G1 going on, a bunch of surprise wins, surprise losses. Looking like like we're going to have a a Bullet Bullet Club Club Civil War finally. Right, right. I'm a little. I mean, it's cool that they do that, but I'm a big Sonata fan, and I've always been a big Sonata fan. Hell yeah. And he's he just reminds me of the great Muda so much. Not as much theatric wise, but the way he moves in the ring, he'll be real slow, and he just boom speeds it up real quick. Like, dude is nice, and I feel like he's gonna get fucked over right now. He might lose this match. Then you got AEW with they shows going on, you know, building and, and getting better. Last night's you know episode was pretty good, and then Raw and SmackDown the draft. NXT, still the best wrestling show on TV. You know, there's a lot going on, bro. A lot going on. A lot, and, uh, you know, even with all this going on, you know, sometimes I I dial dial back to, like, you know, stuff from back in the day. And, you know, I was uh, actually listening to Bruce Pritchard's uh, podcast with Conrad, and they were talking about, in this episode, it's not not a new episode, it's an episode from, you know, weeks back. They were talking about Yokozuna. 
And it is just crazy, bro. Like, the one thought that came to my head, I'm like, damn. Yo, this nigga Hulk Hogan was a real prick, bro. Like, yeah. as a kid, look, look, regardless, we already know, you know, Hulk Hogan, Hogan is most likely, you know, not even most likely, Hogan is canceled. But, you know, right. you, you just can't talk about wrestling all the time and not, like, have him inserted every once in a blue. You it's know? impossible to talk about any part of our childhood wrestling without mentioning exactly Hulk. because yo he was the end all be all at the time you know what I'm and saying like the reason why you know like I say he's such a fucking prick is like all right they tried to like push other people because Hogan looked like he was on his way out like fans weren't really into him as much anymore going into yeah. the mid 90s and you know warrior beats him but when warrior beats him it didn't look like he got the full three count you know there was always like some chicanery bro it's always some fucking bagamunderia going on or what about what about even going back before that when macho man won the title he had to be in the ring to help him celebrate like there was always something he couldn't let any someone else have the spotlight 100 <laughs> and that nigga had to poke his dick somewhere in there <laughs> like here motherfucker yo right, so that no. I, I go back to WrestleMania nine, right? And you know, Bret Hart loses the loses the match to Yokozuna. And then after that, Yokozuna was undefeated. He had never yep. been, you know, pinned. The only time he's even been off his feet was cause Hacksaw Jim Duggan got him off his feet, but then Hacksaw Jim Duggan had to eat like six buns eyes and then he was out for a while. Yep. And and then, you know, that whole shit happens, but I go and I'm watching WrestleMania night and I am watching this promo from Hogan. It is the most racist shit in the fucking world, bro. <laughs> he called Yokozuna a Jap. I was like, whoa! Wait! <laughs> and this is on the network. I'm like, yo, he just called him a Jap. I was like, get the hell out of here. Different times. You know how Bruce Pritchard, you know, different times. Those are the terminologies they were used back then. But, nigga, you blatant racist for saying Dude, that. this ain't. Nigga, Pearl Harbor wasn't two weeks before that. Like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? And then and then when Yokozuna finally gets him back and wins at the King of the Ring, he wins because some fucking guy came through with the fireball. Like, he couldn't just lose. That was Harvey Wimbledon. Yeah. He couldn't just right. lose. Just like with The Undertaker. When The Undertaker beat him, he tombstoned him on a chair because Ric Flair put the he chair in the ring. The whole tombstone, first of all. And then Hogan goes and says, he hurt my neck and I was out for fucking three months or whatever the fuck it is. You run that shit back. Yo, he did not touch that chair. At all. His head at all, my nigga. At all. Like, and it makes you look at Hulk in a way like, God damn, bro. Like, you a fucking scumbag, bro. Word. Like, Fuck, you're such a scumbag. You were never, yo. you were never the baby face. Nah, Jesus. he was always a heel. He was always, always fucking a heel. Oh Bobby the was right. Rest in peace, Bobby. Yo, Bobby word. the Brain was right. Word up. Bobby, yo, and he, remember when he, when he took, remember when he goes, he goes with the NWO and Bobby Heenan was just there like, I told you, I've been told you. That bonsai drop, son, yo, if Yoko fucked with you, he protected you and yep. he landed on his feet. If he did not like you, I think it was dropping that weight on your chest. And a couple of niggas got that. Not only that, if he liked you, that those those his tights was clean. If he didn't like you, those are the shits he was wearing on the last tour that didn't get washed. <laughs> so there you go. Yo. God damn. 
they would talk about like how Fuji would scrub his back because he couldn't reach his back when he took when he was taking showers. I was like, yeah, bro, you have to shit in the tub. Yo, that's that's wild, bro. Yes, yes, bro. Nigga was huge, but yo, Samoans, my nigga. But he could he but he could move for that size. That was the other part, yes. dude. Bro, you ever seen any of his shit when he was in um UWF? Or NW, not NW. Oh, uh, USWA. Yeah, well, you ever seen when he was? They, they, he was like, I think his name was Tongan Kid or T- Tongan something, right? He was, he was he a was lot like, smaller. He was like, um, yo, he was like Rikishi size. Maybe yeah. nah, he was a little smaller than Rikishi. He was like Rikishi size when Rikishi. Remember when Rikishi was doing that, that positive gimmick and <laughs> same, bro, with, the, with that? the cross color jacket. <laughs> cross color jacket, right? So he was that size as a heel, nigga, hitting the ropes. Going from one corner to the next quick as fuck. Yeah. And I'm like, damn, bro. They, they, that nigga gained 300 more pounds and then came to the WWF. Like, imagine he was that size. You know, he was smaller when he was there doing what he was doing. Like, he might still be around now, eh? And it still would have been impressive. Not not, not to say that the nigga wasn't ill. Because doing all the shit he did at that size, bro. Running the ropes, catching people. Like, and he could sell. Like, niggas... Yoko was ill, son. He was. Like, Yoko was one of the top niggas at that time. I don't think he gets his credit, but Yoko was ill. He made niggas look good. He made Brett a star. Yeah. Like, he did a lot, bro. He did like, a lot in his time. His feud with Undertaker, like, Yoko was that nigga, bro. Shout out to Yokozuna. Rest in peace, big homie. Word, man. And then you start thinking, like, yo, yo, that family, that NOI, uh, NOI, I don't even know if I'm saying it right, but that NOI. whole... That whole family is just full of, like, amazing athletes, bro. Bunch of studs, kids. Studs, yo. And I'm not... And, yo, like, everybody knows The Rock, Usos, Roman. Right. Fire. But, yo, you see Rikishi when he was younger? Oh. When he he was just part of the Head Strikers? You know, Tiger Kid? Yes. Uh, Yes, bro. Yo, like, like we just said, Yokozuna... Umaga? Oh my god, bro. Rosie, another one nigga Yeah, Arranger's Ro- older brother. Yeah, bro. And I'm just like, Bro, what about what about the dudes that are not in WWF, like Jacob Fatu or the other dude, the Simone Werewolf, who's not Jacob Fatu. That's Rikishi's other brother. Like, what about those dudes? Yo. Ill, son. Yeah. Ill athletes. Move like cruiserweights, build like heavyweights, bro. Niggas is Hey no. That that is Jacob Fatu, uh, some Samoan werewolf. Nah, 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 nah. Samoan werewolf is another Fatu brother. Jacob Fatu's MLW champ. The Samoan werewolf nigga is another Fatu who works more out in Cali. They're they're they're, they're, they're those Oh no, nah, no, nah, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. All right, 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 right. right, right. Wait, 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 wait. The Samoan werewolf dude is Rikishi's brother. Jacob Fatu is a nephew also. Yeah, that family's so big, bro. Shit is crazy, like. Even they get confused as to who's related who and how and fucking what the fuck. Like, it's like 840 of them niggas. Yo, it's... It, it's crazy, bro. Yeah, bro. <laughs> it, you want to talk it's... about messing families? You know, you got... You know what I'm saying? The the um Texas Tornado family. You know what I'm saying? Oh, the whole, yeah. Like, there's a couple of wrestling dynasties, but yo, I don't think there's been one with the length, longevity... Yo, hold le- up. Le- some the Samoan werewolf is Jacob Fatu, bro. It is Jacob Fatu. Yeah. Okay. I thought it was another dude, bro. That's what they call another... him. 
But oh, he was shit. he he was in developmental with with WWE. Yeah, y'all, yeah. dude. That what he's doing in MLW mm-hmm. with Contra Unit and every, I, oh, think oh. He, I think he might be undefeated in, in MLW if I'm not mistaken. I know he's been champ for a minute, and you know they had to stop, of course, everything because of COVID. Yeah, but they back. I think their first show was in November, um, and he's still champ, like. He's been he blown to everybody. Yo, that country unit is an ill heel unit too. Like if, if no one's peeped MLW sure. at all, anybody listening to this on some real shit, go on YouTube and watch that show, bro. That's a good good wrestling oh, show. Like if you're a fan of NXT type, you know more wrestling, not too many Cody storylines. Yeah, MLW got it. So Jacob, he his father is um Tongan kid. Right, Tonga kid Tonga, is... the Tonga kid is, is his father. Rikishi's his uncle. Umaga's his uncle, and the Usos are his cousins. Cousins, right? Okay, 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 okay. Damn, just look at the names you named right there. Bro. You, you feel what I'm saying, bro? That's crazy, bro. Like this, this might be the the best wrestling family. Right, that's what I was getting to. That's what I was trying to get to. What I was saying before, like the other wrestling families, other wrestling dynasties. Like I, this might be. The biggest one, it is the biggest one, but it might be also the most successful and long term because yep. bro, you're talking about since the seventies, like you know what I mean? And we in two thousand twenty now. Not even and you who's could go further back. WWE. Dude, you could go further right. back to Peter Maivia. Yeah. To the Peter Maivia. To, to the you know, right. to the goat of this whole thing. That's right. That's right. It goes all the way back to Peter Maivia. You're right about and that. That's, bro. And we're, we're, that's like sixties right there, B. Yeah, it was he was sixties to seventies. That's crazy, bro. Bro, that is that's that's domination yep. is what that is. Yep. I don't think and even with that, I don't think they get to just do respect. Mm. I honestly don't. People mm-hmm. talk about the roads all the time and you know, other other families, all right, yeah, the hearts, of course, you know what I'm saying? There's a lot of families out there, but just but, look at the Simones, bro. Exactly. Everything that they've done. Like when you think it, when you think of the hearts, you're only thinking about pops, Stu, Brett, and Owen. Brett and Owen. That's it. Right. I mean, I know he had other brothers that they were good. Jim Nyhart there too. You know. What yeah, I'm saying? yeah. Jim Nyhart is just like Jim Nyhart is like the Haku of the hearts. Yep. You know, like he he's he's an honorary family member. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And yep. yo, it's nothing like that. Like even with even when you talk about the Von Erics, the Von Erics, they they were in only one part. Of the country, where where they were right. really really doing their thing, you know what I'm saying? Right. right. You talk about the yo, dude. The Samoans started out west, in in California, Hawaii, you know, and then going going across the water, New Zealand, and all that other stuff. Kept coming right. back over here, coming coming east. Coming to Florida. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. They they're definitely the best wrestling family and. You never know. Like we're in a we're in a time right now where we can see maybe maybe we could see for next year or the year after the WrestleMania and it could be a double main event where yo I I could see right now I could see the Usos breaking up for a minute and then going into WrestleMania brother versus brother and then the the main event is like Rock and uh and oh, Reigns imagine that shit. That would be fire, bro. Yo, and then a women's match, it'd be just just throwing it out there. Like, the women's match would be Sasha versus Tamina or, like, Sasha versus Naya. 
or you can throw the wife in there too. Naomi versus one of them too. And you she got part of, not blood, but she part of the family. You know what I mean? Like I, I, that would be dope. I I can see Roman versus Rock at WrestleMania coming up. And I I also and I've said this a couple of times. I do not see them taking that title of Roman anytime soon. Nah, not at all. But you have time right now. I mean, Rock's filming two movies. He's doing the Red Notice shit, which is I don't some original like crime joint, and he's also filming Black Adam, which is you know those those type those um, superhero movies take mad long to shoot because all the shit and all the special effects and all that shit. But you talking about WrestleMania being? I forgot what the date. What did they put? March thirty first or some shit of next year? Something I know like that. Yeah, like that, right? He'll probably be done by then. And dude is always in shape. Like it don't take him nothing to get into wrestling shape. I can definitely see them doing that. And yo, I see them doing that, and I see Rock putting Roman over and solidifying that nigga as as the real tribal chief main nigga. OG, I run this shit. And like that might take this Hill character even to a higher fucking level for that to happen. You know what I'm saying? But I can definitely see that. That would be lit, bro. That would be sick. And they both kind of teased it a little bit. Like, yo, yeah, you know what I'm saying? It would be dope. It makes sense and this and that. It would draw big money. Absolutely. Everyone still loves The Rock. So like, that would be dope, bro. With a Hill Roman, with the way he's going right now, with this borderline mafia boss type character nigga be giving me godfather vibes and shit <laughs> word lit. word it is man it is shit is uh shit is getting interesting every week oh, yeah. there's something there's a new wrinkle into the story and it's getting really interesting b i love the way he, de- he delivers his promos <clears throat> he's very stoic he don't raise his voice he talks very calm even paul Heyman has turned it down to a point where you got to shut the fuck up and listen because he's damn near whispering. You know what I mean? With Brock, it was easier for you to be, ah, because of who you're standing next to. Rome is not that character. He gets to that point, but he don't need to do that. And it's so lit. And it's like, you watch these niggas and you're like, bro, I would not fuck with him. No. Like, I would not fuck with that little fat nigga because this nigga going to come and stomp me out. I'm good. <laughs> like, I, I'm, I'm good on that. You heard? I'm straight. But yeah, B, it's lit, man. It's super lit, man. But fucking, um, what was I gonna say? Damn, I forgot. Um, speaking of Roman and all that, you know what I'm saying? Draft, like, what did you think of the draft? Do you uh, think, who do you think, as just on paper, who do you think got the better end? Who got the short end of the stick? And where do you see this possibly going forward? You know, how, how things might play out with the next couple of months? So, as I see from the draft, there wasn't really too much movement, but I think the the roster now is more balanced. I mean, of course, you're going to need Roman. Everybody's going to look through to SmackDown and be like, you know, SmackDown got, got the better end of the stick. But if you think about it, the... The, the the fucking the, the rosters are just the same way like two three people going over here two three people going over there and that is just because the the stories are following over to the next show right so for me the the rosters are a bit more are a bit more even one thing one thing that really caught me off guard i mean i i loved it that elias came back i think he was needed but he's still thinking that jeff hardy was the one they ran him over, and that's why he, right. you know, he went and beat his ass. Right. But then it's like, right. 
damn, you know, this story could have just been restarted on SmackDown. All they did was move the story to Raw. But also, they did draft Sheamus to Raw, too. And Sheamus was the one that, you know, supposedly they saw someone with orange hair and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So that can still, they can lead that into the three of them having some sort of a storyline. Maybe Elias is not a heel. He's just tight about what happened. And he wants to find out what's going on. Because, yo, his baby face run right before he got hurt, bro, he was doing his thing. You know what I'm saying? Yep. I, I kind of like him more as a baby face than as a heel. So... I mean, yeah, the stories are continuing, but I think they're continuing, but they're continuing to go over to the other brands so they can get a taste of what was going on, and then they're going to end them and move them forward. Because, yo, Seth going to SmackDown to me is lit. I'm glad I wish AJ there. was still there for that. I do wish AJ was still there for that, too, but AJ was not trying to stay on SmackDown. We all know why, you know what I'm saying, why he didn't. They have been said he was going to leave anyway, so that's fine. Him on Raw, dope. That gives Drew a whole new opponent, a whole different style of opponent to deal with and fight. I see that, you know, maybe Survivor Series or whatever pay-per-view they do in December, that I feel like that's going to be his his opponent. That's going to be his next feud after Randy, you know what I'm saying? Because I think he's going he's gonna to retain a title of Hell in a Cell. That's just, that's just what I think. Yeah. Uh, but like, but it's, the it's Fiend looking... and the Alexa going over to Raw, bro. That's no, so... It, they, they couldn't separate her and the Fiend right now. No nah, way. Hell. No way. No way. That, that shit is lit, bro. What they did on Raw was ill, son. I was like, all right, that's a good way to introduce these niggas. Like, I like it, bro. I, I like what they're doing with that, man. But, I mean, certain people had to stay where they were. I think it was corny what they did with the tag team titles, though. Why couldn't them niggas have a match, B? I thought Why that was the best match? time, especially that um Dolph and Rude actually really put it out there like yo listen we we just beat these guys even if it's in the you know a six man tag we just beat them and we deserve a title shot with right. both champions still there and more teams being split up at the moment like look there's no more heavy machinery mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying um there's another tag team to split up i just it just can't come to mind at the moment right now uh Huh? I know they split up heavy machinery. They split up the new day. Well, well, the new day's still a team, regardless. But uh, right, right. yeah, you know, and then you don't have the team of of Garza and Andrade at the moment. Right. Uh, and yeah, you know, there know was there was re- there was reports Andrade, saying what happened. I don't know what Andrade did, but apparently he's on Vince McMahon's shit list. Well, they they he didn't get drafted because he's gonna be out for a little over a month because he he went to go uh, get something scoped out, like he's doing like a minor surgery. Ah, okay. Yeah, so we have that. Uh, it's looking like maybe we might have a new tag team with uh, Dominic and Humberto Carrillo, but that got split up because Dominic went with, with Ray to SmackDown and Humberto Carrillo is still on Raw. So just like not having those teams, this this was the best time, as I've been saying, to have a unification match. Yeah, we've both been saying that. And yeah. I think... I think for that, and I, I get kind of maybe why they didn't do it, but it's like, damn, bro, two super over heel tag, two super over babyface tag teams, right? Yeah. Who are in the same lane as to what they do. I mean, the New Day is a little bit more for the kids, and the Street Profits might be a little bit more adult, maybe a little bit, but they're still kind of into the same thing. That would have been a dope match. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Dope. Whoever, you know, you lose... 
or they could have done something with the belts where fucking you lose, you lose your titles, you go over to the other brand without the titles. Now the titles are held up and we do something with it or something like that. But for them niggas to just swap belts, I was like, come on, bro. Like, Yeah, it had to be more. There had to be more there. There was so much more to do. One thing, though, I really did not like about the draft. Okay, so we see all the <clears throat> all the promos and the vignettes of Bianca Belair, how she is the best at everything, right? Right. She gets picked up, I think, like, fourth overall for SmackDown or some shit like that. Like, you know, she was a high pick. Mm-hmm. She gets into this Women's Battle Royal on Monday to determine who's the number one contender, and she gets thrown out. So how is yep. she the best at everything if she's getting thrown out? Like, if right. if anything, that spot could have been given to somebody else. Let let one of the let one one of the homegirls from NXT come up, take that spot just for just 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 for the sake of taking the spot. Yeah. And, and they leave ended up Bianca Belair alone. Oh. What happened? And they ended up giving it to Lana of all people, which I just and I'll be I'll be honest, that shit just surprised the shit out of me. I did not see that coming from anywhere, bro. Surprise you in a good way or in a bad way? Because it left me. I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me, bro?" Come it's on. like, I yo, shit out of her. Tap exactly, exactly, bro. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's not, it's not believable. You can't build Lana up to be a wrestler. Like to me, like, listen, more props to her for you know for for holding 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 it in there and and trying her best and doing what she does. Right, but right, come right. on, man. Not against Oscar, bro. Apparently, they gave that to her for supposedly being such a good sport the past couple of months and all the embarrassing shit they've had her do and all the Samoan drops through the tables and the fucking the storyline with Rusev and Lashley and then Home Man Live. Even she came out and said that line like, "I'm the one with the two ex husbands and the ex girlfriend." Like, I you you're a good sport, but my nigga, as good of a sport you are. And as good as you look, because Lord have mercy, that woman is fine as hell, bro. <laughs> He's not a wrestler. Nah, she's and not. She's you're not, putting bro. her in the ring against somebody who legitimately can kill her if she wanted to. <laughs> Word. <laughs> Definitely. You know like, Asuka is no fucking joke. Like, we get such a cookie-cutter version of her in WWE, even when, when she would turn heel and, like, all that shit. Nigga, her in Japan was no... Joke, no nigga. joke, you no see, joke whatsoever. Seen, like, she was a killer, bro. She was literally beating bitches the fuck up, putting bitches out for months. Like, I mean, they're not gonna do the WWE, but they could have turned her up a little bit more. Now they got her back to being a baby face, which is cool because she can do both. She's she's lit, and yo, I'm gonna say something right now. You might be like, you're fucking bugging out. Asuka is the most over Japanese wrestler in America ever, ever. No Japanese wrestler can touch her as far as popularity, nah. what she's done, accolades, nobody. And I love the fucking great mood, and you know this. That's one of my favorite niggas. Yeah. He never got up to that. He was popular. No, of course. He, he was, was popular. He was he was world champ, but... Right, but he never got to that point. And he also nah. never worked for WWE, which I don't understand why that never happened. And it's like, you got a couple of other guys there, but nobody, bro. No male Japanese wrestler has gotten to the point that she has gotten. She's the most over Japanese wrestling in America ever. And it's, hey. nigga, it's not even close, bro. No, it's not. Because look, look look what she's done and look, if, look at the positionings she's been in. 
while right. since being in W. No, nah, of course, man. She's. I, I agree with you. I'm. I don't think you're bugging. I. I don't think you're bugging whatsoever. I totally agree with you. She's one of the the most over Japanese talent right. in America. Absolutely. Nobody well, better know, come to me and, and say, yo, but what about Suzuki? What about Kodo? What about, you know, Naito? Yeah, they good. They cool. But can good, but they, they do not, it here? Right. They're not here doing that. Over there, of course. Like, listen, I love New Japan, and their top guys are top guys for a reason. They deserve to be in that spot. You feel me? But Definitely. it's like, take those guys and put them here. Can they do that? Can they get to that level of popularity? Not speaking the language. And bro, she don't speak English. Her promos are fucking Japanese. And she's, <laughs> she's just a wild. She's just shit. wild, bro. She's just wild. I love it. And I, I, I looked it up. Like I had my Google Translate to see what she was saying. Yo, she's saying food recipes, <laughs> facts on everything. Talking about how to make donuts. She's the it's fucking donut recipe. Words are everything, son. I was dying. I said, "Get the fuck out of here!" Like I bet. I mean, they don't know what you're saying. Like fucking, you sounded. You look like you spazzing. Like you cursing somebody the fuck out. And she really not. And it's so. It shit is funny. Like maybe they know she's doing that, and you know nobody gonna catch on. But I got curious. I was like, let me put, let me use this this Apple update and see what the fuck she's saying. I put it up there and I turned it around. I said, donut recipe. What the fuck? <laughs> He's like, oh, oh, okay, okay. You want chocolate donut? Huh? You like chocolate donut? It's spice and cinnamon. Hi. Like, oh, what the fuck? I hate. If you yelling that shit at me, I take you trying to kill me. I'm running out the way. Out of here. Oh, shit. <laughs> Fucking shit. But, yo, she, she's amazing, bro. I love her. I love her, man. She's oh, so dope you, in the ring. Um, are, you, um, are, you, are you glad that? Biggie's gonna get his chance right now. Yes, I'm so glad yes. they kept him on SmackDown because he's that's where he should be. Honestly, a lot of right? people are very, very upset with bro, the new day the breakup, but yo, Biggie needs bro. this. You seen that tweet that Xavier put out with the little kid crying in his room? Like, I still love the new day and blah blah blah. And he was like, Oh man, I'm sorry. Tell him everything's gonna be okay. Like, please, I'm so sorry. Like, nigga. That's how popular they were, bro. Yeah. That's how popular they are. Not even worse. That's how popular they are. Yo, might be. This is this is what's gonna put the light on the Big E, bro. Yeah. That's it. This is what it's for. It's for the greater good. Shout out to Seth Rollins, bro. You're right. You're right. For the greater good. Seth Rollins. No more Monday Night Messiah. And another thing. Yeah. Now it's gonna be what the Friday the Friday Night Messiah. Nah, he got to come up with something else, b. Smackdown Savior. Smackdown Savior. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Oh, shit. Um, I love the character, bro. The nigga's like Jim Jones. Not yeah. Jim Jones calling Jim Jones fucking Guyana. Yeah, Jim He's Jones like Kool-Aid. Word. Drink the Kool-Aid. I love it. You know, there's so many people on Smack. There's so much new talent that's not really being used on Smackdown right now that are going to have a chance. And with him coming in, being in this role, I could see him plucking a couple of these dudes and help building them up. Because, nigga, that's what he was doing. Before AOP got hurt and released, he was building them niggas up. Yep. Look what he's done with Murphy. Murphy's in his own storyline now. Like, they could have added more people to that. But Austin Theory, they were trying, and then he fucked that up for himself. Like, I, this, if they still want to run with that, it can still, it's going to work with the talent they got on SmackDown. Bro, Seth as a heel, 
just works because yeah, he's a natural dick, so it just it's perfect it works. for him. It works. Bro. It he's a little bitch though about the Matt Riddle shit, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah, I mean, you can even talk about it now. I mean, it. What what Matt Riddle's <laughs> wife said was a little like, you know, like all right, you're taking shots for white. All she said was, "Yo, <laughs> these girls should squat a little bit more." I'm not saying their bodies are not good. Of course they are, and they're fucking. They do more than I do because they're constantly in motion and in movement. I just weight train. But if they squatted a little more, maybe they wouldn't have jiggly butt. Which, yo, is kind of funny. And it just so happens that the picture she had was, um, oh my god, I forgot her name because I was, was Becky Lynch. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Out of sight, out of mind, for real. <laughs> and yo, that's got tight. Talk about <laughs> Matt Riddle could go to Raw. I never want to work here in my life. And in my head, I'm like, because you know who beat the living shit out of you on some real shit? Yeah. Let's keep it a Let's keep it a buck, bro. Matt Riddle, Matt Riddle waxed the floor with a lot of these motherfuckers, bro. And his, you know, his attitude runs people the wrong way, and I kind of like it. And I, I see them turning him heel. And yo, that would work so good. Yeah, but there's on way Raw. too many heels right now, man. Right, I mean, I, mean, I, I could see them doing it, but like you said, there's a lot of heels on Raw, and they need baby faces. So I, that's probably why he got drafted over there. Or maybe Seth was like, I'm really not working with this motherfucker. You got to get him out of here. Which, yo, he's been there for a minute. I'm sure he has pull. So maybe that's why they got him out of there. But it's, it felt like he was just starting to gain some momentum in his storyline, and then, boof, now that's over, and now he's on Raw. So I hope they use him, though, bro. He's too good on some shit. He's, he's too good, so... Well, let's see what let's see what happens, man. Let's see what happens. Um, another thing that kind of like rubbed people the wrong way that I wanted to uh, talk to you about uh, part of this draft is retribution being drafted. <laughs> like uh, to me, it it doesn't make any sense because if this is like a squad that it's over here to basically ruin your shit, why yeah. are they being drafted? Why are they giving <laughs> contracts? Like. It's kind of like it's, it's kind of like fucking up the story. You know what I'm saying? No, 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 no. Wait, wait. Here's how this can make sense, right? So <clears throat> you saw the uh, the post Ali put with the five members and the five yes. issues. Yes, yes, yes. You know, all that, right? <clears throat> he get they they draft him over to Raw. What hasn't been on TV on Raw in about three weeks now since the whole unveiling of the leader and all of that there's been zero raw underground shane mcmahon has been nowhere to be found on tv <clears throat> the whole raw underground storyline was only going on a month before retribution got introduced shane was off tv for a year and all of a sudden he comes back with this whole thing <clears throat> if you look at the whole raw underground thing just the way that it looks it looks like a place the niggas of retribution would chill at it looks like a place they would congregate and, and set up plans and do things like that. The first episode of Raw Underground commenced with the first retribution attack with the Molotov cocktail. It mm. also ties into Ali hacker storyline. He came over to Raw the week before that. The next week, they start with this fucking whole storyline. He wasn't on TV for a minute either. He didn't really start getting involved on TV to the last three weeks, helping out Ricochet and Apollo against her business. Yeah. They had already said they signed them to contracts exclusively to Raw. They have been said this. 
in order to quote unquote keep the chaos down. And then your boy T Bar was like, it's better for them to sign us than to have them pay out lawsuits for us beating up their security every week, yada yada yada, right? Gotcha. What if the person that signed them was Shane McMahon? What if Shane is not a money mark like Tony fucking Khan? He's actually the leader of retribution. He's not just he didn't just sign these niggas. He's not just paying these niggas. He's pushing these niggas. He's telling them what to do, where to go, and how to do it. You can trace that shit back all the way back to the Attitude Era. Shane always wanted to be the man. He always wanted to push Vince out. He always wanted to do things different. Raw yep. Underground, different. It caught on. People liked it, right? People at first were like, what the fuck? And yo, we all, it all, it grew on all of us. We were like, bro, this shit is lit. It's one of my favorite parts of the whole show, showing different talent, whatever they were doing. But just look at it and look at Retribution, look at the whole Raw Underground thing, and they kind of fit in with all of that shit. You know what I'm saying? It just works. And if you're going to be signed to either Raw or SmackDown, the niggas that are signing that, their name is McMahon. You know what I mean? It ain't Adam Pearce. It ain't none of these niggas. It's a McMahon that's going to sign talent and keep them there. I think as this story opens up more and develops, he's going to be the higher power. He's going to be the one that brought them over. And when, if they do bring Raw Underground back again, I can see them popping up on that and maybe <clears> starting <throat> to lead into that storyline where it is Shane that's running them. Because for them to just sign them to Raw and all this bullshit with no backstory to that, it doesn't make no sense. And Shane being the leader of that group makes so much motherfucking sense. Makes so much sense. Like, of course he's the leader of fucking right. Retribution. But that's if, but, but that's if they're gonna go that if, way, and I feel like if, if they do go that if, way, Vince has to be a part of this. He does. He has Absolutely. to come on and be like, "All right, en enough of this. <laughs> enough, enough. You guys have got to cost me way too much money." Like he has right. to come out right. and, and you know, actually, actually look pissed off about what's going on, and then you know, start start finding his wrestlers. Like, yo, my nigga, y'all niggas got this nigga like fucking on my shit. Yo, you're fined. Whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. It just has right. to make sense because right now, I, I'll be honest, right now it just doesn't make too much sense. In the sense of them, you know, being drafted and stuff like that. There's stories right. that they could tell. Like, he's seen that Kofi and Xavier Woods got drafted a Raw. He retweets the he retweets the, the picture with with uh, with a caption and he says, Hi, Kofi. Hi, Kofi. Perfect. But knows what happened with that. He exactly. Got hurt. Kofi took his spot. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And this is going to be the first time that us as WWE, you know, viewers are going to see Ali as a heel. We don't know right. what that looks like. We don't know what it sounds like. Right. So whenever they present it on TV, and I like the fact that he hasn't been on TV because you never know, like, how to present something like that. You have to present it right. The first time around, it has to be right. Because if it's not right, people are going to disengage from it. Just like and then, with the way they, uh, they, they brought out Retribution with Mask and all that. To me, it was right. wrong. You had great talent under those masks. Everybody know who the fuck it is. Just let yep. them be them. Right. You know, but shout out to my nigga T-Bar, bro. I get why they did the mask thing, though. Like, because it's kind of like... We're not the people we were when we first came here. All the shit that happened to us, we're different now. I don't want to. I don't want this face to be seen. Fuck that. This is the face I want to show you now. 
I'm angry or I'm I'm hurt or whatever the case may be. Like they need to switch it up a little bit based on the the, the way that the storyline is kind of going. And the fact that they're not on every week. At first, I was like, damn, that's gonna hurt them. But it's better like that because you're not overexposing a group that's supposed to be, you know, anti fucking system. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Anti establishment. Peak like every other superstar. That shit waters them down. You know what I mean? It waters them down a lot. So I was like, damn, no attribution on, on the, the night of the draft. I'm like, shit, they could have come out and did this and did that. But then I was like, maybe it's good that they didn't do that. Maybe they just sat back and watched who's going to be on this roster now. And now next week they pick a spot. All right, we're going to go after this motherfucker and this motherfucker and this chick and do it like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's better that they're on every week. Because when they do show up, do you still hear the, oh my God, it's retribution, blah, blah, blah. And nigga, when I hear that, if I'm not looking at the TV, my head turns right away like, oh shit, what are they doing? And I, when I caught myself doing that, I was like, they got me, motherfuckers. It <laughs> <laughs> got me. All right. You're like, damn it. it. <laughs> got it. You got it. I like it. I'm interested. Fuck it. I'm not even going to front. At first, I was like, eh, but, you know, there has to be someone behind Ali, though. Yeah, who is definitely. It can't be <laughs> Ali that's the leader. It has to be some somebody that put all that together. Right. Just like when everybody was trying to figure out who was the higher power. Bro. I still, you know, it's crazy. I was, not not recently, I want to say a couple of months ago. I watched, I watched like the four, I think it was three or four Raws before they did the unveiling. And even, even me knowing who it was now, I still could not figure it out. I'm like, if I didn't know, if I if this didn't happen 20 years ago and I know what happened, me watching this at, for a first time, there's no fucking way it would have. I would have thought it would have been Vince. No way oh, at all. No. I would have thought. Hell no. And they did that shit ill, son. The way they did that was dope. And it's like, I feel like I feel like I'm a man gonna be behind it. But who else thinks is gonna be a McMahon? I don't think a lot of people think that. I don't think that they do. I think a lot of people are like. You got a bunch of disgruntled wrestlers together. You got one of the most disgruntled wrestlers together who probably had probably the biggest opportunity of his career taken away due to injury. And then they fucking basically fucked him after that because he really didn't do shit for a hot minute until now. Yep. And it's like, yeah, you can you can run with that, but how did they come together? Who brought them together? Where were these relationships bonded? Was exactly. this like they knew each other from the Indies or something like that? But WWE is not really gonna go into indie relationships. They touch on it a little bit. More NXT will say things like that, but you don't really hear shit like that on the main roster. So it's like I gotta be somebody with some power. Shit, nigga, maybe it's Stephanie. Maybe it's fucking Triple H. Which hey. holy shit. Who knows? That would throw people off too. If it's Triple H, they they're probably turn babyface because everybody loves it. Triple H just because of NXT. You know who it is? It's Linda McMahon. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's hilarious. Yo, but you know what? You know what I didn't like, bro. Nobody drafted the briefcase, bro. Yes, and the briefcase stayed under Otis's tits. <laughs> Stay right under his tit, like yo, I'm here, nigga. I still got my shit. Listen, what do you think of this? What do you think of Tucker? being on Raw and starting a relationship or a friendship or something with Mandy Rose Ooh. for him Ooh. and then having Otis beef. 
you know what I mean? Maybe give them give give them something to do, and so they figure out what they're gonna do with this briefcase because he ain't catching that shit on Roman nah. Reigns. There's no fucking nah, he, way. He's he's gonna be he's gonna be one of those guys with the briefcase that he tries to cash it in and it doesn't work. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm just, or or like they go with that storyline with with the Miz well, and he actually it. gets it from him. You know? But I, mean, I don't. Are they still I think funny with that because now they're on Raw. I think I think that I think that's what's gonna happen. I don't know. I I mean we we have the season, the season premiere of SmackDown coming, and right. on the season premiere it's Braun's last match on SmackDown. We've seen right. Right. Seth Rollins on Raw and a fire ass triple threat match between him, Jeff, and and AJ Styles, which was amazing. But yeah, uh, you know you never know. You never know. Maybe he takes. Yeah, maybe he takes the the briefcase with him, after that. You know, but uh, let me ask you one other thing. Uh, during the draft, we get, uh, I think this was on night one on SmackDown. We get uh, uh, a return that you know wasn't met with a lot of fanfare. The return of uh, L- Lars Sullivan. Oh L- boy. Uh, yo, I- I'm gonna just say this. This dude has gotten everything given to him. Mind yep. you, mind you, you listen, when he first came out, NXT, and they were building him, I was really liking where they were going with him. I was like, all right, cool. This right here is a monster, monster. that's needed. You know what I mean? Monster. Yep. And he just like, it was just like one go, fuck bro. up. One he can fuck, go. Yeah, he can, but it was one fuck up after the next. And yep. they bring him back on TV after, what, a year maybe or a over, little over a year? Over 15 months. You know, after all that, you know, just to try to like, you know, hopefully him, it goes under. Him, him and Ember Moon got hurt a couple of, maybe like a month apart or two months apart. So it was around the same time. So she was out 14 months. All so right. he's been out maybe a little, like maybe a month more than that. All right. So, you know, maybe, maybe they thought, you know, it was like, you know, water under the bridge or whatever, which, which it couldn't be because of the shit that he was saying. It's like, you're, you're, you're doing all this and then you're saying all this and it just looks wild. He comes back, boom. The next, yo, I think it was like the next day or two. Next allegations day. of him trying to get out a married woman. She puts him on blast with everything. And then, you know, there's a whole bunch of other stuff on um, on these blogs of him saying, like, you know, really, really fucked up shit about, like, you know, Hurricane, Hurricane Katrina victims and all this other stuff. All this homophobic shit that he's saying, and then look what he does. Like, bro, listen, like you said... On NXT, when they first brought him up, I was like, this dude is going to be a fucking... That's the nigga that Vince loves, a big monster-type heel. Yep. Vince loves that shit. And I, I said to myself, I'm like, he ain't going to be in NXT too long. If he does good in NXT, they, they're going to bring him up quick. They're going to bring him up quick. And they, they did, right? He gets hurt, blows his knee out, whatever the case may be. All this shit, while he's out, all these things come out. The game film and... The racist comments, the homophobic comments, the harassing people online, and all, that's not the first married chick that he was on her shit either. Like he's done it a couple of times. So now you come back after all this, they still put you in a prime position. You know what I mean? They have you come out and squash Morrison, who's a former tag champ, and all of that. Like, and then these other shits come out, and then what do they do? They bring him to Raw. And then you peeped what they did on Raw. There was no video 
no fans on the screens when he came out. Yep. Nobody was on there. Because what happened on Friday, apparently word got out that he was coming and somebody had a sign with the screenshot from the, the gay porn that he did. It was a picture of him talking about this is my favorite Lars Sullivan role. And that shit got on TV. Like, they don't want that shit on TV. But these niggas can't act like this shit didn't happen. And it's people that do things like this that get they fuck up after fuck up after fuck up a la Jeff Hardy and continue to get chances. And in my in my brain, I'm like, why, nigga? Is it cause you're white? Is it cause you're big and you're fucking broad? Like, I don't get it. But how do you do all this shit? Have all this evidence of all these things that you've done, that you've said, and all this shit, and you're still getting pushed on TV. That bugs me out, and it fucking, it pisses me off, honestly, because it's like, yo, so many other people have done less shit and been fired right away. You do shit, and you get chance after chance after chance after chance, and I don't fucking get why. And the only reason that that happens is one fucking reason. Vince. Vince fucks with you. It don't matter what you do, you're going to get your shot. Look at Otis. Vince is his number one fan. Fucking Vince. Can't stand Otis. Character's retarded, but he ain't going nowhere as long as Vince fucks with him. Exactly. Same thing with Lars Sullivan. And I think it's fucked up. I don't think he deserves these chances. I don't think homie should be on TV at all. On some shit. Like, if, if what he just did, if what just got found out is proven to be true, and he still gets a push, that's some absolute bullshit. And I'm... Me and you both, we don't fuck with him. And yo, a lot of the fans are not fucking with him, bro. They're not fucking with yeah, him. Like right you now. said, at the end of the day, only one, only one voice actually matters. You know the what I'm saying? Absolutely. And you know, I yo, listen, man. He's on the he's on the screen. I'm just gonna turn it off. There's always other things to watch until they get into the next segment. That's all it is. Yeah. I'm just gonna keep it pushing. I'm gonna keep it moving. I'm not gonna sit here and say I'm not gonna be watching this shit no more because Lars Sullivan's on TV. Guess what? Right. You can fix that shit by turning the channel. Right. And you know what? It, it fucking, it puts other talent in a tough position because niggas would be like, bro, I don't want to work with this racist motherfucker. Like, I don't want to work with this homophobe, with this transphobe, with this hypocrite homophobe, but you make a gay porn. Like, I don't understand that shit, bro. Like, how you, you fucking hurt other people by putting him in matches with him because now, like you said, niggas is going to turn the channel. Yep. And now hurting the people he's in the ring with. And you know what they're going to do because he's big and strong. He's going to just squash everybody. Because they, they know that they have to be cognizant of the fact that the public understands and knows some of the shit that's going on. And niggas are going to turn the channel. So 30 seconds, one minute, two minutes, he's not going to get more than that. He's not. Like, he's not. And so they can either get past it or prove that it's not true. I don't think he's going to get... 10-minute TV matches. It's just not going to happen right now. It would make no sense for them to do that with all the shit that they got going on. Niggas shouldn't be on TV regardless, but they're going to figure out a way to get him on. And like you said, bro, like we both said, only one voice matters. And if Vince is fucking with you, he's going to push you. And all the, all the other bullshit, and they're going to act like he don't hear it until it gets to the point where it's literally in his face. Like, yo, look what he did now. Look what he did now. Or look what we found out now. Then it might change. Yeah. But as of right He's going to get that push, and it sucks. And and now he's in a prime position. He's on Raw on the A-show. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
and they're gonna put him in a in a they're gonna put him in a storyline. I was reading they were gonna do him and Braun. They can do that cool. I hope Braun beats the shit out that nigga every time they put him in the ring together. Hopefully, also, man. Hopefully, bro. Because Braun Braun don't deserve that either when he's out here trying to do his best. Definitely don't I'm deserve that. Braun, I'm glad Braun is back on Raw. I'm glad. I'm glad he's back on Raw. He got a new focus. His body. You seen the niggas cut the fuck up. The nigga's still over 307 pounds and he got a six-pack. Dude is a beast, and him and Keith Lee, who man, that's gonna be great. I think they should leave it at that. They shouldn't even add, add Lars yet. They should just leave it with Braun and Keith Lee and see where they could go from there. Yeah, man, I like that, bro. I like that because Keith Lee is gonna bring is gonna make Braun use his athleticism, and Braun is gonna bring that side out of Keith Lee. That fucking like, give me all you got, hit me with all that your monster. Yeah, out that shit. I like that shit, bro, and. Keith is, listen, he's one of those niggas, and as a big man, there's not too many that can do that. But Keith Lee can have a match with a broomstick and get the broomstick over, even as a big dude. And that is a compliment to him at that size, because a lot of big niggas don't get that those type of accolades. He's that type of wrestler. So that that's a good that's a good little thing they got going on there. I fucks with that shit. Word up. Definitely. But um, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what, uh, what the draft brings us with, you know, the... The little changes here and there to each show. But, um, so Triple H was a part of this, uh, New York City Comic Con, uh, panel. You know, everything is virtually now. They can't do no, you know, Comic Con at the Jacob Javik Center this year. Right, right. So he, he had an interesting take that I wanted to talk to you about. So he said, he said this, this quoting Triple H. He's like, the draft is always an exciting time because it creates these, I think, in some, some ways, fantasy moments. Like, I'll be honest, I don't want to see Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns yet. I would love to see that percolate because I think that a couple of years down the line, Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre is a Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair scenario. It's a Rock Stone, Cole Steve Austin scenario. You don't want to hit that before its peak. That's what makes the draft so exciting to me in those moments in time where we're like, what if? And... That's good. That's after a good, that's a good look. Yeah, after you know, he had he had his promo hat on. He had his promote promoters hat on on that one. Of course, but always. When I was thinking about, it, I'm like, all right, where's the story in this? Because when you think about Rock and Austin, right? Rock and Austin was something that we're, we're going back to when the Rock was in the nation. Right. You know what I'm saying? And he was having these crazy feuds, not only with Austin but also with Triple H that we see down the line as well. Right. And Starting with Austin, though. Start, of course, starting with Austin. And then I start thinking, I'm like, all right, let me try to go back a little with Roman and Drew. We could go back to when Roman gets back from, um, you know, gets into remission for leukemia. His first right. match out of WrestleMania was against Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre was beating the shit out of him during that fucking WrestleMania match. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And, and Roman just barely won that one. You know what and I'm the saying? Story, the backstory to that was... Drew talking about Roman's kids. Drew talking about you're not healthy enough to get in this ring and blah, blah, blah. You know, laying it on a little thick, but, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure he had to clear that with, with the head of the locker room. Like, hey, I'm going to say this, that, and the third. They fuck with each other. There's, there's a bond there. Big men, you know what I'm saying? Big niggas, top niggas, they have a different respect for each other you know what i'm saying they they fuck with each other they're cool 
which makes this which makes a feud like that even better. Because when niggas is cool, you can push it. You know, Russ is always saying, you never hit anybody harder in the ring than your own friends. Because they get where that's coming from. So the fact that they have a relationship outside of the ring, how far it goes, I don't know. But the fact that they do have one, they can build that as well. Like, yo, Drew came back after being gone for a while. Roman was a nigga on top. Maybe it was, I was gone for a while. Yeah, I was here. I was gone for a while. And right away, he took a liking to me. Right away, under his wing. Yo, what do you need? What, what's this? What, what stories lines they got you going on? Yeah. Like, there's a, a lot of ways they can take that and work with it. But as far as the how big the feud can be, Stone Cold and Rock and Hogan and, and Flair type comparisons, I think so, bro. I think Drew, in his title run right now, has proven you can give him the ball and he's going to score a touchdown. Yeah. Roman is already proven over and over and over again, and now he's doing it in a completely different role. So, yeah, I can see that happening. I don't want to see it right now, though. No, that's, me, that, that's what I'm saying. Let it, let it, you know, let it simmer a bit. You know what I'm saying? It, right. Let it build to the point where somebody mentions, like, I'm the champ again. Let them lose those titles, bring them back, and get them back, and build it up from there. You know what I'm saying? Like, just to the champ, I'm still the champ. Let's see who the, really the man is. Let's see who the man really is. And it will be ill. You know they're going to put on a, a hard-hitting bout, bro. Oh, hell yeah. Because it, it could even be something like where Roman is just ruling SmackDown. And he's right, like, man. you know what? Fucking power. Yo, I'm out. I'm going to relinquish this title. I'm going to Raw because I'm coming for Drew. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. it, it could just be the hunt, you know? And... That that's something that could last for a couple of years, man. They could yeah. go on and off with it. it. And then either one of them has proven. I mean, right now Roman is showing how good of a heel he can be. Yeah. We already know what type of babyface he can be. We see how good a babyface Drew is. And if you watched him in TNA and when he was in the Indies, bro, amazing babyface in amazing. TNA. Amazing. But he's also such a good heel too. Yeah. So if they would have swap roles again. It would still work either way. Like, and credit to, and we say this shit all the time. We love wrestling and we love all the talent, but not everybody can do that. No. Not everybody go from heel to face or from face to heel. Not everybody can do that, bro. Right. And them niggas, they're they're killing it right now doing what they're doing. So I would, bro, I would love to see that. I would love to see that. But I want, I kind of want to see it in the roles that they're in now with Drew as the baby face. The fucking like flag bearer for Raw. The people all fuck with him. I don't hear really anybody talking shit about his title run or what he's doing. Everybody oh, seems to be loving. He's he's giving and it Roman, all. He's giving it his all. He's having great matches. Exactly. If great any... matches, great storylines. And yo, exactly. Randy has brought out such a different side of him, bro. Yeah, man, it's lit, bro. I, I fucks with Drew. I always fucked with Drew, but like as his title reign has gone on, I'm like, bro, I'm I'm a big fan of this dude. Dude is good, bro. Dude is really, really good. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I just, I, I kind of want to see what happens after Randy. Like, I'm a little over it already. I know they're going to give us a great match at right. Hell in a Cell. But I I, I, I'm dying to see what's next for, for Drew after this. Because there's, yeah, there's a couple AJ. of heavy hitters now on Raw that, you know, they want to come after him, like you said earlier, with AJ. Right. But I think with AJ, that's something that he's going to probably need. If he's going to hold that title past... November, he that AJ is a feud that he's gonna need heading into a big a big pay per view such as Royal Rumble. Royal Rumble, yeah, 
He's going to need that for Rumble. I hear you on that. I think after Hell in a Cell, as far as the Raw side, it's going to be the ending of a lot of feuds and the starting of new ones. And as far as the SmackDown side, it's not going to be the ending of shit. It's going to be all continuing storylines forward. You feel me? Yep. Just because the way that the stories are built and then with the draft, how certain people have moved, you know, whatever the case may be, like... But I think it's I think what they got going on right now, they're in such a good position to push so many people forward with everything going on. Like it's it's good. I'm looking forward to telling the cell. I I've been very excited with what WWE's been doing the past I wanna say two pay per views and the shows were on SmackDown going forward. Everything has gotten gradually better little by little. And if you don't peep that, then you're not really paying attention, honestly, bro. Everything has gotten better as far as Raw and SmackDown. Like all the storylines, everything's kind of making sense. Like, the Retribution thing kind of threw Raw off a little bit, but now that they're t- kind of tying things in and, like, you know, getting more of a, a stamp on what they're doing with that, now it's, like, building that up too. you know, Hurt Business killing it and Randy and Drew, Roman and Jay and all that. Like, Sami Zayn, who I can't stand, but I got to give the nigga his props. Hell yeah, bro. Homie. Bailey might be the best heel in WWE, bro. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they got a lot of good things going on. So, yo, speaking of that, what do you think of her being named the number one women wrestler right now? PWI top 100 women. All right. Uh, what I have no, that named... holds weight with talent. It does hold weight with talent. It's not, you know, you know how that list is, but niggas still look at those lists. No, <laughs> they still yeah, look yeah. at that. Like, nigga, definitely. I, definitely they still look at those lists. Uh, I guess her... Her reign as champ says enough. You know, yeah, her bro. reign as champ puts her there, especially within the biggest company in the business. It's going to put yeah. her there. If I'm just talking per- personally, I would have said Asuka. Because I, I feel hate- like within the whole year, Asuka's been put into so many different types of, not even just storylines, but just storylines. Di- different moments, right. you know, being right. being women's tag title, uh, holding, holding the... The championship, winning money in the bank. I mean, you know, like she's had her moments through the year. And I feel like she had a, a little bit, not by much, just a little bit of a better year than uh, Bailey's had. But he, here's why I don't, here's why I think she didn't get number one. I think she was number two. Um, I think it was Bailey, Os- no, it was Bailey, Becky Lynch, she- Charlotte, Oscar, and Sasha Banks were the top all WWE talent, which says a lot. By the way, 30 percent of that list is WWE talent. That's just yeah, that's volume. Thirty percent of the industry is WWE. <laughs> I feel you, word up, bro. And you know what? Listen, Impact's women's division is is really good too, but it's still it's okay. It, nah, they they got good talent. It's just their storylines, but they have good talent over there. Like me personally. NXT got the best women's division, followed by Raw SmackDown. And then I will go Impact. AEW, we'll get into that. But, like, <laughs> I feel the reason Bailey was number one is because, yo, she wasn't in a billion different storylines. She was in one consistent role as a heel. She turned heel, won the title, and just kept building and building and beating people and building and beating people, winning the tag team championship, losing it, winning it back, and building and building and building. And that whole time, she still held on to that SmackDown championship. And everybody she faced, she fucking beat. Asuka, like you said, she bounced around with so many different things. 
it kind of took away a little bit of her momentum with certain stuff. Like, she was handed the title by Becky. She lost it to Sasha on some bullshit fucking call. She won it back. She's holding it down. She went from heel to face. Like, there was a lot of changes in there. And, yo, I give her all the props for doing what she did and holding it down and going through all those storylines. Carrie Sane leaving and all that other shit. Yeah. Like, all of that. And she's still, she's still good to and go. Right, and she's still she's still doing her thing, but bro, Bailey's been champion what four hundred days, and yo, who's been a better female heel than her anywhere and anywhere? Not even female. Who's been a better heel? Not you know, yes, Randy, yes, Roman. Those are different storylines, but for the past year, bro, she's been killing it, and not only that. She's gotten better in the ring, I think. And out of the four of them, out of Charlotte, her, Sasha, and Becky, everyone says, you know, Charlotte might be is the best wrestler. I don't think so. I think Bailey's the better wrestler. And she's just consistently good matches, consistently keeping in character, not teasing any type of baby face turn, none of that shit, just staying to herself and holding it down. I see why they gave her number one. You make a great point with Oscar, and I'm not gonna argue. You know, we both talked about her earlier. Yeah. Both Oscar, you know what I mean? But I feel that's the reason why they kind of gave it to Bailey. Just the consistency of from the heel turn to the championship win all the way to now, she's got she's just taking it one level up and one level up and one level up. And Oscar has two, but Oscar's taking Oscar went up a spiral staircase, Bailey went up a straight staircase, if that makes any sense. You feel what I'm saying? Like oh, I got you, I got you. There's just differences there in where, how they got to where they got. So, listen, I love both of them chicks, and I, I kind of I would love to see them go at it again one more time. But I would have never thought that they, Bailey would be this good as a heel, though. To be honest, right? Yo, whoever thought of that is a fucking genius. Bro. It would, but whoever it was needed. It was needed, man. It was needed. Yes, and Sami Zayn too. I don't think Zayn has ever been a heel anywhere. El Generico was never a heel. Like, I don't think he's ever been a heel. They turned him heel, and I'm like, God, I can't stand this fucking dude every time he comes on the TV on the cheap. And I want to see somebody kick him in the face. And I find myself watching his matches to watch him get kicked in the face, and the motherfucker wins. And I'm like, fuck you. And now I'm like, bro, I can't be mad at you, dogs. I'm not even, not even mad at you no more, bro. I fucking do your thing, my nigga. Why, be, your... why be mad, bro? I'm not why? There's no point of being mad. The nigga's doing what he's supposed to do. Like, you're supposed to have that type of reaction. Then there's other heels where it's just like, ah, oh, I'm just changing the channel. But this nigga's like, nah, I think I want to watch you get your ass kicked. And then he wins, and I'm just like, fucking guy, bro. All right, do your thing. That's so, another one. Let me, since that- we're still on the women real quick. Yeah, yeah. Do you think this is uh, the time for Sasha Banks? To have her first run with the SmackDown Women's Title, uh, yeah, because she's been so. champ five times, but it's all been on the Raw brand. It all been on the Raw brand. I think her longest title run was a month. If so, that. here's my thing with this: <laughs> I don't think she should win a Hell in a Cell. Oof. It, it can keep the storyline going. She needs a win at a bigger event. I think Survivor Series. She takes the title on Bailey. I think they have like a women, uh, Iron's Man match or a submission match or something in that vein. 
and she takes the title off Bailey. I think they're gonna beat the holy living shit out of each other in Hell in a Cell, and they might, we might not get a, a definitive winner. It might be like a double knockout type of situation, just to not take any momentum away from Sasha, but to keep the fucking heat on Bailey. You feel yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think her time is coming. I think it's now. I think her beating Bailey will be a big deal. Her holding it down for more than thirty fucking days, because yo, Sasha's good, bro. Like I don't know why they did that. Whatever, you know, yeah. Charlotte free feud. I I get that, but now I think now's her time as a baby face on SmackDown against her real life best friend, who documented numerous times how close the bitches are. Now would be her time, but I don't think. Hell in a Cell is the place to take the title off of Bailey. Survivor Series is a bigger event. They've had it be so good the past three years, four years running, and that would be dope to give Sasha yeah, that moment. But if they're going to do what they've been doing with brand versus brand, it's not happening at Survivor Series. You could still do it, though. You can. There's a way that they can figure that out. Maybe <laughs> this feud is so personal, we're not going to do all three. We're going to do... Raw and the NXT girl or something figure it out maybe involve the tag champ somehow like do something like nah, that nah bro I need, I need I need what we got last year man cause like even even opening up Survivor Series last year you had um Leo Rush as a Cruiserweight champion going to, it was him versus Akira Tozawa and and, and who oh, so was it East or was it Jugulak I think it was Gulak, but I know Tazawa was in the match. Yeah, Tazawa was Tazawa, Leo Rush, and I think it might. I think you're right. I think it was Gulak. Oh. Not that. Yeah, man. <laughs> Dude, that, that match was that match was crazy, bro. Yeah, bro. You know yeah, what I mean? Bro. Like, and then you a triple threat championship match. Imagine a match. We said it last week. Fucking right. McIntyre, Finn, and Roman. See, but this goes back to what Triple H said, right? I don't want to see Drew and Roman right now. But you're not going to see Drew and Roman. What you're going to see is a triple threat. You and got it could, it, it could just soak the seeds. Two. This is to soak the seeds, bro. It right. got to grow. Two buffaloes and a mosquito. I love Finn, but holy shit. They're going to gang up on him, throw him <laughs> out. Listen, listen. Speaking about Finn real quick, he's a little fucked up. Yeah, Halo his fucked job. up in the game. You seen his face? Yeah. Holy his, shit. They got two faces. Like, he's a little jacked up right now. So, yeah, we yeah. don't even know if he's going to be champ come around Survivor Series on some real shit. They were talking about that yesterday. Like, William Regal's evaluating how his thing is going to go to see what they're going to do with the NXT title. Because if he can't defend it in 30 days, they are going to take that shit off him. Oh, definitely. You have to. Right? You have to, right? You have so to. So, that Changes plans for Survivor Series. And also, like, I just have a feeling, bro, because of everything that's going on and because of all the shit and, you know, all the shit, I, we might not get the triple brand, triple threat matches this year. I hope that we do, but I just have a feeling that's not going to happen this year. I don't know why. I just think it's going to be different. We're not going to get that. Maybe that's the way they were planning on going it earlier in the year. But with so much shit changing, talent being out, talent being hurt, talent coming back, people moving from different brands, yada, yada, yada. 
I don't know if we're gonna get that this year. I want that. We both we both want that shit because it's been so great. Why fuck? Yeah. Why change the fuck? Keep it going for the way it's doing. But I got a feeling we're gonna get more of a traditional four on four, five on five matches, and not just the main event. You know, the top five from Raw and the top five from SmackDown. I think it's gonna be mixed up between the brands, the heels and the faces from the brands, not just interbrand beefing. Just heels and faces from all the brands beefing. You feel what I'm saying? Like the faces from Raw, SmackDown, and NXT against the heels from Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. That type of thing. We might not get the three title match, triple threat matches, but we're still going to get something in that vein. You know what I mean? I just feel like they're going to change it up this year because they've had to change so many other things. Just kind of, I don't know why. I just kind of feel like they're going to do that, which I mean, it can still work. But, I, nigga, I want to see Damon Priest against Bobby Lashley against Sami Zayn. Ooh. I want to see Ooh. New Day against Brizango against Street, Street Profits. Profits. Or, wait, or maybe we'll get Undisputed Era. Versus, right. Because, yo, those right. matches were Undisputed Era and the Street Profits? <sighs> My man. That was Listen, fire. That was fire. Nick, Bobby Fish and Roderick Strong. I mean, I love Bobby Fish and Kyle Riley as a tag team. I, I I love them as a tag team. Yeah. Fish and Roderick Strong. That's a good team, bro. That's that's a good team. That that's a different. It's different dynamic than O'Reilly and Fish together. Like, well, it's. I think this is the first time they're they're actually gonna go with that because before it was uh, it was Roddy Roddy and um. And O'Reilly, because Bobby Fish O'Reilly, was out. Fish hurt. Right, he had torn his ACL. Yeah. Right. So right, I, and I mean, listen, different dynamic. They had a great match. You know what I mean? Obviously, they're babyface now, as you can tell by the crowd reaction to them. Yeah. Because them niggas love Danny Burch and Oni Lorcan, but they was getting booed out their fucking building. And I'm laughing, and I'm like, yo, the people really determine if you're healing face, bro. The writers can try. It's the people, bro. Yeah, and of course. There was no mention of any face turn, but the people just, they loved them so much. And it's natural. And they, they do it good. And I can see them beating Brizango. I fucked with Brizango. You know what I'm saying? There's a good tag team. It was, it was team. great. They, they it was, it's good. great seeing them with the belts, but you know. But yeah, it's a wrap now, kids. What up, bro? Yeah, it's your time to play. You got to give it back to the dogs. Yo, um, we're damn man, we're running, we're running late once again. We're running past the hour mark, but uh, you know, just quickly, let's go through these two things because you know we were talking about the women's. Uh, we're gonna go get into AEW really quickly and a little bit of NXT. So AEW, you know, Britt Baker came out and talked about the AEW women's division, and she knows just like any other any other promotion, any other promotion, they got hit hard with COVID. You know, you can't right. you can't travel. I mean, we we see what we're seeing now, uh, in the indies. The indies try to do something big this past like two weekends and now you're having multiple COVID cases all over the place. And yeah, Joe it just breaks... spring break four, nigga, fifty people yeah. came out with COVID so out of that shit. It just it breaks my heart because I know these people need that money. You know what I'm saying? Right. They need they need to get out there, they need to show their talent in order to get further in their careers. But, you know, Absolutely. as Brick Baker was saying, you know, half of their roster is international. They couldn't get them out here. Uh, Chris Statlander, uh, another big star for them in their di- women's division, got hurt. Sorry. Um, exactly. And, you know, I know it's not only us, but 
everybody else is probably turning the channel when the women come on. Uh, yes. It sucks. Hey, listen. Wait, 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 hold on. I know it sucks. You know what I'm saying? I know the division is horrible. I'm sorry to say it's horrible. The only two, I actually, not now three, because Thunder Rose is there. But the only two before that that I was looking for, and I didn't get to see both of them almost at all, was the champ and uh, right. Big Swole. Right. You know what I'm saying? You got to throw Diamante and Ivelisse in there, too. Yeah, but Diamante, see, but the oh. thing is with Diamante, she came in when they did that whole tag team tournament. She's hardly right. seen during uh, right. Dynamite. And, and that's They're because... They're always, always on, dark. on dark, exactly. Always. But that's because they got it. They got to keep the ratings up. And if they see this one one segment ain't gonna really do much, they're not gonna put it on TV, bro. It's just as simple right. as that. And yo, right. Thunder Rosa is a fucking stud. Yeah, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, but this is my thing, though, man. It's like, yo, you, like, I know you said that she was blaming the fans. I don't think she was blaming the fans because the fans, all they want to do is, from what it seems like. Give the women a shot. Give the women a shot. But they give the women a shot. It's either like, you know, like a, a quick segment or it just doesn't do anything for it. And I kind of like what they did this week. Fault. That's management's fault. Yeah. That's management's fault for going and signing 700 girls with, not, with no work visas over six months here in the States. That's management's fault for signing all these international talent and not thinking fucking forward. Like, bro, you could only be here for so long before you got to go back. How do you not find more homegrown talent? Like, ain't nothing wrong with none of that foreign talent. They're all good. Everyone that they signed that they're not, that they can't use right now, yes, it's hurting them a lot. But why the fuck would you go and sign so many foreign girls and knowing that they're here on work visas? Knowing they don't live in this country, like, okay, they got Hero to move to America, but that's off the strength of Kenny Omega. Yeah. And listen, Omega and Brandy Rhodes are the ones booking this women's division. This is their fucking fault. This is on them. This is not on the fans. You cannot sit there and say, oh, you claim you want to see the women, but then the women come on and you change the channel. Come on, guys. You can't be changing the channel. Bitch, you're changing the channel because I don't want to see this shit. It's the same three girls doing the same shit. Yeah. I'm good. And I don't want to see that. I'll be honest. Like I know that they try to push. Um, what's homegirl's name? Uh, the one with Vicky Guerrero right now. She was champ before. She was the first champ. Nyla Rose. And, and I, she's hurt too. I know, but I'm sorry, bro. I just can't get invested in her, my nigga. I can't. I can't get invested. In her. I don't think she's all that. She's to me. She looks sloppy in the ring. Yo, she's a botch fucking machine, bro. You know what I'm saying? And Watch it's cool, but see, the thing is, it's cool if it's like that at first. Just work at it and right. get better. You know what I'm saying? Right. But I just feel like they're missing out. Like, for WWE to still have the pull they have to bring in the women they've been bringing in these past, like, two, three, four years is, like, like even in the past year, not, not, ha not having any of them being let go. Right. And here's the thing, bro. And you can use COVID. I get that. Everyone went through that. When NXT first started running their shows again, bro, they, they literally had four or five girls that they worked with. And they, they rotated that shit around. And then little by little, another person came back. And then another person came back. And then another person. And now you got more storyline. 
and you're stretching it. Nigga, they had to bring Charlotte into NXT to help them out because they didn't have so many girls. Exactly. Now, their fucking women's roster. Look at that shit. And I'm not talking about the girls on top. I'm talking about the girls coming up. I'm yeah, talking about from the top to bottom. From top to bottom. I'm talking about the Zaya Lees. I'm talking about the Aaliyahs. I'm talking about the Indy Hartwells. Those girls that are just starting to get their shot now. Nigga, people get hurt. Next person up. People get drafted to Raw and SmackDown. Next person up. They fuck up on Raw and SmackDown, whatever the case may be, or they get hurt, they come back. They're put in a role where they're used. Exactly. They know how to book women in NXT. They know how to book women in WWE. Ever since they changed up how they were using their women, nigga, they're main eventing roles. They're main eventing SmackDowns. They're main eventing pay-per-views. They're closing out how... I also think that... Sorry to cut you off right there, bro. I also think think that AEW is really... They lean more towards the the talking segment like between Absolutely. their big between their big you know their their big names like Jericho the inner circle uh MJF like they lean through all these talking segments to build up to if this was WWE they would not get away with it you know what i'm saying no. and build it up to a steak dinner right you know what i'm saying like i feel like that that right there big difference between AEW and NXT cuz yo like i said last week bro NXT builds their stars with matches first, and then they start putting you in storylines. They want to see how the crowd's going to react to you in the ring, and then they start building you. Like, yo, Shotzi Blackheart had like 15, 20 matches before they put her in any type of storyline. Now look, she's in a beef with Candice LeRae. She's hosting Halloween Havoc. She's a babyface there. The crowd fucking loves her. Why? Because of what she did in the ring, and now they put her in the storylines. AEW does this shit the complete opposite way they do it old school yeah talking segment talking segment talking segment tease a match talking segment talking segment talking segment and then we'll get to imagine side note shout out to jericho on wednesday he must have leaned up against an extra thick fence because that nigga's abs was looking crazy pause but yo back to <laughs> you heard my son was looking brolic out here i said oh look at what came but- out. i said nigga this nigga's ad there got a seven and a half pack All yo, right, yo but um can i ask you a question does Jude is still slapped like that, bro. The niggas is over here, yo, yo. I be, he's still no, singing Jer- it. It's Jericho. Oh, nigga, look, he got his, he got his own band doing his own theme music. Niggas gonna see this? Just the the fucking the balls to fucking do that and to come out to your own song. I'm I love that. I, that's such a heel thing to do. I love that about <laughs> it. And does the song slap? The song slaps because the people are into it. So when you hear everyone, you didn't see him, you didn't see him. Yo, it sounds ill when you hear fucking <laughs> like 74 people in the amphitheater, but it's outside, so it's loud, you know what I mean? You know, it ain't the honky-tonk, man, but it's all right. Nah, no, you know, it's, it's, it's <laughs> nah, 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 honky-tonk, man, shit was corny as hell. That shit was garbage. <laughs> it's that honky-tonk, man. Stop playing. <laughs> yo. <laughs> yo. Jerry Lawler's cousin, B. Word. Yo, Jerry Lawler's fifth I mean, cousin through three marriages and a sister. Listen, I mean, at least Honky Talk Man likes women his own age. Hey, yo. Whoa. <laughs> All right. But um, another thing. So the TNT title ended in a draw, which I felt, yeah. which I felt was really necessary, at least for Cassidy. 
Because Cassidy's kind of been like losing a little steam and he's lost a couple of big matches on his own after beating Jericho and finishing off that feud. But my my question is why why this type of finish couldn't happen with Scorpio Sky? <laughs> you, you know, know what I'm why. saying? Or or but this is our Scorpio Sky's not a household name. Nah, but He's he not. got he got it. He also he also got to he also got to build himself up because the way he built himself through the promos and the matches on Dark is what got him that match. Absolutely, and yo, I take nothing away from homie. He's Not good. at all, B. He's good. He he got he he can he can talk. He can wrestle. He can be a heel because when they first started that run in ROH, they were heels. And again, heels that are so good in the ring that the fans just took a liking to them and they turned them babyface. And bro, they did their thing. And I'm kind of glad he's by himself now, but. I, uh, I, I don't know. I think it's, Orange. I feel like something's oh, I, missing. Orange don't even talk, and look how popular he is. Yeah, you know what I mean, like, he's gotten over just what he does in the ring and his antics and shit like that. But not everybody can do that. Not everybody can do that. Scorpio Sky gotta be able to talk and and build himself up a little more. And yeah, it could have been that ending, and then maybe it should have been. But at that time, bro, Cody was super hot. He wasn't gonna lose that. He kind of didn't. He just win it or whatever yeah, it he was. Just, like, he just won it back. Yeah, just won it back. right. I don't know. I mean, I think Cody being blonde <clears throat> says two things. He's gonna turn heel eventually because every time he's blonde, he's heel. And I think that removing Orange from this equation, there's something going on between Arn and and Cody right there. Cody and Arn wasn't feeling all his extra shit that he was doing and not going after pins and showing off. And there might be something going on there with that, like to maybe turn Cody heel, which I think he needs it because he's been babyface since they started. He can't challenge for the title. As a fucking heel, he can be like, I run this fucking company. I'm challenging for the title. You know what I'm saying? Just shit like that. But as far as Cassidy goes, bro, that nigga is super popular. Super over and, with the AEW crowd, super yep. over with the indie crowd, and it's like you kind of had to have that type of finish because you can't have him eat another fucking L. Especially you know during I mean? and then eat another L on in a TNT match, TNT in, title TNT match. match, right? In a title match, like I, you nigga, I thought he was gonna win when he hit him with that move on the apron. I said, "Oh shit, it's over. He's gonna roll him. He's gonna pin him one, two, three. Landed in a draw. All right." I don't like draws. Sometimes they work. Sometimes they further a storyline. I can see them having this match again at full gear. Yep. You know what I mean? And maybe that's where you get a turn or more of a tease of a turn as far as Cody is concerned. But Orange is dope, bro. And uh, it was a really good match. Probably the best match of the night. And, I mean, you know, what are you going to do with that? You can't have one of your better baby faces eat an L. You can't have your champion eat an L. So you do the draw. Old school. You know, old school wrestling right there. What are you gonna do? I listen. What did you think of the main event? All right, good. I'm glad you're getting into that because you know we 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 could talk about Cassidy. You know, not you know not losing and it, it being right. good for him because he he couldn't couldn't take another L right now. Now Moxley and Archer loved their U.S. title match in Japan. Loved Me too. It. That 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 shit was brutal. Yep. Um, they kind of went towards that that level. Uh, Wednesday night, 
it was all right, you know. The thing is, I I hated yo. I I when I mean I I really hated the finish, bro, because this this is my thing. This is my thing. Archer's been taking people out with that finisher, right? He hits the finisher on Moxley. The count gets to one, and Moxley is good enough to turn, you know, turn the pin and pin him. Right. Like, I feel like he basically no-sold the whole move. He no-sold. And then on top of that, he took two beatings before the match. Yep. One got beat up, and another one we kind of fought back. And then, yo, he comes in, hits him with his finish off-rip, and Archer kicked out. When he kicked out of the paradigm shift, I was like, oh, he's going to win now. I'm like, he's he's going to win. They're going to they're gonna switch the title. They why, they should switch the title. This is the time to switch the title and let Moxie chase it now. Put it on someone that's not a fucking former WWE guy. You know, I have my thing with that in AEW, and they're fucking bullshit of putting titles on WWE talent. I get why, but it's still bullshit at times. Like, that ending was fucking horrible. He no-sold his finish. He beat him with a fucking roll-up, which I hate, hate, hate roll-up wins unless it's an underdog baby face and a big heel. Then it works. In that type of scenario, none, I'm not, I don't have no sympathy for Moxie. This thing could be hitting people with fucking spike bats. You're not going to get sympathy from me in that type of situation. They fucked that up. But... But the saving grace in this, Eddie Kingston is getting another title shot. And I believe because of their friendship and because of all the work Kingston has done, yeah, I think he's going to get his fucking moment and I think he's going to take the title off of Moxley. I think so, bro. I think so. Yo, I think he you think Eddie Kingston is going to be the one to take the title off Mox? I think he knows Moxley well. I think he knows his weaknesses. I think he understands him better than anybody else. He can get into his brain. Those promos between the two of them are going to be fucking fire. And with the, all the niggas he got in his corner, there's definitely, a, definitely a chance that he's going to take that fucking title off him in a complete shock, shock fucking win. But I think he's going to do it. And that would be so fucking good for AEW. You know why? Because he's not a fucking ex-WWE talent with that fucking title. Someone <laughs> different. Someone different. I would love that shit, bro. You know I, yeah, how but... that would be? What? You don't think so? I don't think so, man. No? I don't think so. Like, it. of course, we would love to see a non-WWE talent become the AEW t- champion. We would like to see more AEW homegrown on television, but what's getting the eyes to the channel, what's getting the people wanting to see what's going on are these familiar faces. And especially during, wait, but especially during a time like right now, they need as much as possible because people ain't trying to watch TV no more on, on live time. People are DVR and everything. You know what I'm saying? And of course they have more, you know, of that indie indie following because of the people they have on their on their roster, but I can't see that happening now. I just I can't I can't see that happening now. Like if it didn't happen with with Archer, who I thought was going to be the one to dethrone Mox and then have Mox chase him. Me too. We both said it. We yeah. both said both thought like, yo, 
this is the time to take the title off Moxley and put it on someone else and someone he has history with. No doubt. Who he, he doesn't have more history with anybody there than with Eddie Kingston. The niggas exactly. go back to OC. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's a long time. Being partners, being enemies, being partners, being all that. Like, them niggas are real life, super fucking cool. Real life. So, those are always, the, like we said before, real friends, they're going to beat the shit out of each other in a match because niggas understand the game. They know how much to give and take. Like, the match they had for the title, you know what I'm saying? When he gave him that, that match on, on Dynamite, he, he beat him, bro. They went in. And Kingston, listen, Kingston can be the one to take the championship off him based off all the history, the fact he has a faction and niggas can help him cheat, the fact that he knows Moxley, and I think he's gonna they're gonna build this in a way where he's gonna get under his skin and in his brain enough that Mox is gonna be off his game and he's gonna beat him in a shock win. I I could see that happening and I'm all for that. Just cause take the title off him, bro. He doesn't need that. <laughs> like, just take it off him. That's it. That's Please. it. Just take it off him. <laughs> Please. Let him, he could win it back. Nigga, he could win it back at the next dynamite for all I care about. But nah, maybe that's too soon. But take it off him. Oh and let him shit, this he's nigga big. He's like, please, he just do me that solid, man. Word, please, just give it to my body, nigga, bro. One time, you heard? <laughs> One time. One time. But uh, awesome. yo, real quick, real quick, five minutes is all I think we got at the moment, man. Um, going into NXT, I mean, we talked about the women's division being strong. We right. talked about undisputed era trying to get back to uh. Right. To, to that, you know, to the golden prophecy, as they say, Brazango. Um, just want to say this, man. How excited are you for Halloween Havoc and having spin the wheel make a deal? Yo, when they, when she, when they, the lights came on and they showed the, the, the fucking board, I got so hyped. Yep. That shit took me back. To kid to spin the wheel, make the deal, spin the wheel, yeah. reduce fucking wheel and shit, and I'm like, yo. I'll be honest. I wish we had. I wish we had Jake Roberts for this, bro. Yo, world, because it was wasn't Jake Roberts and Sting, right? Yep. That was the beat at the time. Yep. Yes, yes. And then Damn, you have so. you have Vader and Mick Vader Foley. And Mac, oh. Right, right. Oh shit, Vader and Cactus Jack. Paul, Vader Cactus and Cactus Jack. Jack. I called him Mick Foley, but you know what I mean. <laughs> Um, I, yo, even, even, dude, even with Abdullah the Butcher there, and they had like that, that, um, that dead man match or death man match or something like that. What it was, what, what they call when they had the, the, ele- the, the electric chair in the middle of the ring? Wasn't it the fucking White Castle of Fear? Oh no, that was Sting Invader, the fucking White Castle of Fear. It was like, they had the electric chair in the middle of the ring and yeah. the cage had fucking weapons tied to it. Yeah. And supposedly it was electric. An electric cage too. Fuck, I don't remember the name of that shit, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Like th- this is gonna be this is gonna be something really really fun to see, man. And thank thank you Triple H. Triple H knows what we want. Triple H knows what the fans have been wanting, and he's giving it to us. Oh man, it's just it's it's great. It's great. I've always I've always loved Halloween Havoc as a pay per view. The whole concept of it, yep. the whole way they used to do it, like. One of the better things, <clears throat> my bad. One of the better things that WCW had, even pre NWO days, was Halloween Havoc. I always look yeah. forward to that. 
it was always ill. They always did something crazy at the end. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot, a bunch of schmas and a lot of bullshit. But it would fucking work with the theme of the event. And it's like for it to be with NXT in that Capital Wrestling Center, that more intimate setting with the amazing fucking talent that NXT has. Like yo, Priest and Gargano are gonna put on a, another good match. It's good. I think this one's gonna be better than the one they had before. Maybe it was a little bit bugs and not working together before that type of shit but i i think this time they're gonna put on a, a much much better match whatever crazy stipulation they have like and it's ill because they needed the this they needed this because we're gonna get two two rematches right we're getting two rematches and then probably an nxt tag team title match um there's a couple other things going on there we might get ember and um what's homies name? I, I i can see them doing ember and Rhea maybe like this, we got a couple of this. There's still what two weeks before that event, so they they still got some time to build some matches up. But like, bro, but yo, one of the best calls ever in a wrestling match happened there, bro. Mm. You don't remember? Ah. Hold on, hold on. Hulk Hogan's being bear hugged. The Yeti. Yo, this nigga Hogan was being oh, bear hugged by. <laughs> he got raped. Oh man, for anybody still listening, an hour and a half in. <laughs> Yo, please, please Google the Yeti WCW and you'll know exactly what we're talking about. Halloween Havoc, a whole bunch of memories. Of course, Eddie versus Ray, crazy events. Oh, man, and I can't wait for it to come back. And I just want to say, Drake Maverick is a wrestling genius. Yo, speaking of Eddie versus Ray real quick, shout out to Ricochet for doing the Eddie Guerrero spot. But what the fuck was that white girl in the horror movie for? Jeez. That nigga felt like he had too many white claws. Like, what are you doing, Yo, bro? dude. Why is on the head? Either too I, many white claws or too many Tyler Perry movies. Like, I don't know, B. <laughs> <laughs> Medea says boo like fuck out of here and he said ah. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly how you felt wildin wildin my nigga wildin but uh yeah man um that's what we got for you guys this week uh yes sir you know tune in next week this week i'm gonna play that benny joint we didn't play that last week right Nah, we did the we did the Ishkabibu yeah. joint off. So we're gonna play the we're gonna play the Benny joint with Wayne and uh, and Big Sean Timeless. His album Listen, coming I, out tomorrow or twelve o'clock, an hour and a half from now. <laughs> I slept on Sean a little, but his verse on there is fire, fire. Yeah, yeah. As soon as that drops, that shit's going right in my phone. I don't know how I'm gonna listen to it because I ain't got no AirPods, but. I'm going to figure something. I'm going to go in the car and put it on the whip. Where it's lit. <laughs> no <laughs> doubt. Shit. But that's what we got for you today. This is episode 125. Not from Lennox, but this is episode 125. And we are your hosts, Nathan McFly with... It's your boy, B.I.G. Bing, you heard. My bad, we don't get... Uh... Bad News Brown Jr. versus Ray Mysterio Jr. right from 125. But we might do that for... Uh... For episode one twenty six. Yeah, episode one twenty six. We're gonna have Junkyard Junkyard Junior and Bad News Junior with uh Dominic as special guest referee. 
Stay the tuned. Don't call it match. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna no, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be an uptown strap match. <laughs> <laughs> On the train, they got to put on the train station. Oh man, hit every corner of the train station. <laughs> every corner of the train station. <laughs> gotta throw the nigga in the toll booth to win the match. Always oh, lit. Oh, and the only way you could do that is if you could still find a token. Well, <laughs> <laughs> token. Oh shit. Damn. Son. Oh man, well, all right, we're showing our age. We gotta get out of here, bro. <laughs> all right, brother. All right, Be safe. Peace. Ah, I do this for suffering children and checks from government buildings. A dope boy who made a check from other than dealing. What a good feeling when they know you one in a million. The feds bury half of my niggas under the building. Don't judge my life now, nigga, cause I've been mad stressed. On tour with the locks and had a project address. Before this rap shit, all my direct assets came from high risk hazards. You know, Pyrex glasses. A long way to the Prezi from the Timex Classic. I got lines from a year ago that y'all just catching. I thought smaller than I grew. Got to find out it was true. Money changed the people around quicker than it changed you. You know what Big said? I'm good long as the kids fed. How niggas stole dirt on your name and then beg. Nah, we don't feel sorry for niggas. Get bread. Cause for them California kings, we slept in the twin bed. Us a king to a god, nigga. I'm gonna live forever. Feet on the ground, a hundred in the ceiling. I'm the last of this breed. You won't last in these streets long if you only hustle drug dealing. What's a king to a god, nigga? I'm gonna live forever. Nigga, I'm gon' live forever. This for hoes and fucking rich niggas. You get a rolly too. Cause if I'm up, bitch, we gon' shine together. I do this for my young. More precious than the moon is to the sun. I got more weapons than I'll ever need. I shoot you with each one. Talking cocaine out of Medellin. My hoes straight out the magazine. You drowning in the fire while I'm snorkeling in the gasoline. Steady diet of heavy drugs. Roller push you like Pirelli tires on Chevy trucks. But still a good year. They got every eye on each one of us. What nigga look here? I come catch your ass on career day. And in your career, I got pistols. I just clean up and try to get dirty with you i got niggas on my team they ain't trying to swap jerseys with you i pop in that 30 hit you them shots in the 30 whistle watching movies with a bitch that wouldn't watch a commercial with you i'm higher than everyone but almighty i treat the white girl like a wifey treat her like aphrodite let a god to satisfy me while i'm rolling and tidy i chop the hands off the clock that mean i'm timeless don't time me i'm forever what's a king to a god nigga i'm gonna live forever feet on the crown a hundred in the ceiling last of this breed you won't last in these streets long if you only hustle drug dealing what's a king to a god nigga i'm gonna live forever nigga i'm gonna live forever this for hoes and fucking rich niggas you get it really too cause if i'm up bitch we gonna shine together this for the ones that's barely surviving Watching me living through me so I gotta stay thriving This shit a privilege, not promise Dead honest cause I can't let shit live on my conscience To multiply, give it my undivided You gotta move fast, think faster Lately my life been a lot of losses and less laughter To paint the picture I can't look the same in my before and afters Honestly I probably gonna be booked till I'm on the next chapter Signed a slave deal, now a nigga up on in my masters Watch me turn good into great It's first steps to everything, even taking leaps of faith Swear it's labels that's upbeat that owe me ends to them that shit is like G's Niggas ain't G, grease a disease When you don't have a silver spoon, you gotta eat with your hands Got walking with me when I'm alone, two sets of feet in the sand Realize you only as complete as your plan Might bleed from the hands, got body, why would I ever compare me to a man? Huh? What's a king to a god, nigga? I'm gon' live forever Feet on the ground, a hundred in the ceiling I'm the last of this breed, you won't last in these streets long If you only hustle drug dealing 
was a king to a god, nigga. I'm gonna live forever. Nigga, I'm gonna live forever. This for hoes and fucking rich, niggas. You get a roly too. Cause if I'm up, bitch, we gon' shine together. We gon' shine together. Chris Seltzer.